Welcome to The Peel, where we break through the surface of sustainability in Florida and get to the juicy stuff at the center of it all. I'm your host, Amber Whittle, Executive Director of South Face Sarasota. We're a nonprofit that is increasing the resilience, affordability, and health of Florida's buildings and communities, and we're saving the planet along the way. Check out our programs and events at southface.org, Sarasota. Our guest today is Elizabeth Moore, a leading environmental philanthropist in Sarasota. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you, Amber. It's great to be here. And thanks for joining the field. So you're known as the major environmental philanthropist in Sarasota. How did you come to this calling? Well, first of all, I'm very honored to be have that reputation. And you're not the only one who's actually expressed that to me. But nonetheless, I'm very proud to stand up for that, uh, for that responsibility. My love of, of, of wildlife and our natural systems actually goes back to my childhood back in Massachusetts, where I was always in the woods. I was always in the backyard uh, looking at butterflies and bees and worms and bugs and, and just appreciating all the, the natural world around us uh, and in the ponds and up in the tree canopy and at the along the beaches and everything um, over the, the the span of my life I have seen many many changes listen our population has grown uh, our standards of living have grown too uh, but nonetheless uh, with that realization that our population of uh, human population has grown we need to save uh, space and clean water and trees, etc. Everything for other other the other creatures that with whom we share this earth. I am definitely a half earther, and uh, Sarasota has plenty of money for culture and arts. And I tell you, I support those too, but not just not in as big a way because I think, frankly, this this very uh, wealthy and uh, generous community has those pretty those sectors pretty well covered. I would absolutely agree with that. So you brought this up, the half-earther, and I know our president, James Marlowe, brought that up too. I have heard a lot more of the 2030 or 30 by 30 plan, right? So save 30% of water and land um, by 2030. Can you tell me the difference between that and half-earther? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I know half Earther is about is saving fifty percent, so I thought that was interesting. Well, yes, uh, E.O. Wilson referred to uh, half Earth in his book, uh, you know, Half Earth, because we have to we it, for our own benefit, um, survival, we humans need to save half the Earth for other other creatures. Right. I don't know about the tw- like the twenty thirty kind of a thing, but I subscribe to. I'm going for half. Half of it, yeah. yeah. That's always wondering. And like, okay. Oceans and, and trees and mountains, and we can't live everywhere. We've got to save it for other creatures. Yes, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to re- as a marine biologist. I'm gonna have to research if that half half of that half will be ocean or if it's more because it's seventy percent, right? Because mm-hmm. in Sarasota, thirty eight percent of the land is already preserved. It's already in conservation, but zero percent of the water is. Good point. Right. So I was thinking that's really where we need to focus in Sarasota County a lot. Um, So I'm interested in seeing what that balance is just overall, because other places, you know, like the Keys have a lot more of obviously the water saved than the land. Yeah, well, I met Sylvia Earle last year. And she has her hope spots of Mission Blue of yeah. marine sanctuaries that are identified as worthy of being saved and protected for eternity. I really admired yeah. that. 
and we're in one. So I was part of the hope spot that got set up mm-hmm. and it's based, exactly. it's based out of Dunedin, right? Because that's where Silver Earl is from. Right. Um, and it comes all the way down to Sarasota and it goes north too. So it's really cool that we're in one. Yeah. And we need to bring that up, right? We need to bring that more to the forefront, but she's really cool. And she is a lot like, um, uh, like, oh no, I forgot. Oh, Eugenie Clark. She's a lot like Eugenie Clark and they're, they were very similar. Like Eugenie Clark was, um, a mentor to Sylvia Earl, but they're both of that same generation and just spitfires and so optimistic. Uh, you probably know that I'm on the board of Mount Marine, uh, and last week at our board meeting, we celebrated, uh, Jeannie Clark's hundredth birthday and everything that she meant to this area and to coastal ecology. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what that woman has has had done and represented and role modeled for for us as the founder of Moat Marine. It's amazing. Did you guys all get a bunch of stamps? Go get your Eugenie Clark stamps. I have a stack of them. I know every every piece of mail that goes out, it has Eugenie Clark all over it. Perfect. I only I only got a chance to meet her once, and I wish I had uh, met her much earlier in my own life. I think we would have really. Uh, I would have been, learned so much from her and benefited so much from her. And I would have jumped right in the ocean with her and all the sharks yes. too. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I only met her once. It was at the Sarasota Herald Tribune building, their old big building downtown. She was doing some sort of open public you know, comments and then she did speeches. Yeah, it was it was great for me having grown up here, grown up here and knowing that she was such a legend to finally meet her. It was, mm-hmm. it was strange, but it was really cool. Yeah, the commemorative video for put out by the U.S. Postal Service was so heartening. It was it was featured her son and Michael Crosby, and some, yeah, it was mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, I guess what we're saying is just like you, one person can make a huge difference in our community. One at a time, exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I hope to do is inspire other people, especially younger people, to do the right thing to care for our environment and do what you can: volunteer, share your wealth, yep. advocate. Going for it, go into it as a career. We need future as a career for sure. We need future Eugenie Clark's and Elizabeth Morris. It doesn't need to be in specifically in marine biology or marine sciences. Sometimes the biggest um, change you can make is being in an industry you wouldn't think of, mm-hmm. and then making that. All right. So what? So, are, sometimes I say, "Oh, I wish I had been a scientist, yep. a marine scientist, or this." And and people who know me go, no, 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 no. We need people like you. You know, I, I majored in like French and uh, economics and, and they, but I, they know that I have a love for the environment and natural systems. And I support all those uh, sectors with my wealth, with my time and, you know, energy and, and, you know, be on boards and volunteer. So it wasn't my ticket to actually be a professional scientist, but nonetheless, I'm on the periphery and I, I believe I play an important role nonetheless. I completely agree with all those people and with you, <laughs> right? There's one Elizabeth Moore, but there are hundreds of scientists in yeah. town, right? And so you need- I know them all. Right. You need, we need to, so you need to have them with their expertise be able to advise you, but you know, you make such a huge difference with your philanthropy and you need both of those sides, right? Yeah. Philanthropy and I advocate for them, you yeah. know, in public policy or, or with, you know, politicians or, you know, just uh, um, local leaders or- you have, you've done it for us. So I know you do. So what are some of your favorite projects? You've supported a bunch in Sarasota. 
Well, uh, I just mentioned Moat. I'm on. Uh, we're building a new aquarium there. Um, we. Uh, it's it's not easy to raise 130 million dollars, but we're we're well on our way there. We're almost there, and that's very exciting to, because to share a new aquarium out on 75 is very exciting because we're going to appeal to vast communities and this whole this whole region, probably nationally, and uh, talk about the importance of marine the marine ecology. You know all the creatures that live in the ocean that care for the ocean. Yeah, we, that's really exciting. And, you know, just I support all the scientists there with their science and like red tide and sharks and just cleaning up the cleaning up the coastal ecology. Corals, you have a whole building oh named after you in Summerlin Key. How could I forget that? <laughs> Jeez. I didn't forget it. I just neglected to mention it. Yeah. And um, my hands on um, is well known too. Yes, I did, um, you know, uh, fund that building but i am in there retransplanting corals you know when i when i can also down there watch them spawn it's very satisfying to work shoulder to shoulder uh underwater and in the labs with the scientists um you know speaking of uh, like coastal ecology it's the the water is so important but how what determines clean water one of the many things is the way we treat our uplands and like I'm a cattle rancher, as you know, Amber, and you've been to my ranch, Triangle Ranch up in Mayaka. And the way ranchers, um, uh, agriculture, development up there, upland, all the, th the land uses impacts water quality because the water travels under underground uh, here in Florida, and it eventually finds its way through like little cr creeks and bayous and everything out to the, the bay. So out to the bay and the Gulf, which impacts water quality. So as a society, we're learning slowly but surely that we need to take care of our uplands, like you know, not to use too much fertilizer. You know, there are te techniques like like no mow zones and you know, homeowners association. I'm on the board of my homeowners association up in. Bradenton, and it's been quite a uh, an educational process for for everyone in my uh, uh, neighborhood to learn about how to take care of our ponds because those ponds spill over into the ditch and they go out to the bay. So everybody shares in that. <laughs> I know. And those are always your most rigorous boards to sit on our homeowners boards, I have found. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> and uh, likewise, uh, I'm on the Board of Conservation Foundation of the Gulf Coast, and we save land. Why do we save land? Yes, it's for a wildlife corridor, uh, but it's it's also to have open land for uh, so water can be cleaned through the land. Uh, for example, out at my ranch and all the all the vast acreages that we've saved through Conservation Foundation, that water uh, that is going into the land, it's not going on top of roofs and and parking lots and and driveways and houses. That that water just runs off and it's very fast and it and it gathers up all the toxins and, and stuff along stuff along with it. So it's important to get the land the water back down into the land so it can be cleaned. It's true. I think I think a lot of people know about water quality, but they don't necessarily think of water quantity as part of the quality. So the water that used to percolate into the ground, if it's now shooting super fast, you know, down 
Philippi Creek or down those big canals to the bay, it's too much it's fresh like water. Highway. It's yeah. like a highway. It's too much fresh water at once. Like that's why Philippi Creek is missing a lot of oysters. It used to have a lot of oysters at its mouth, but there's the salinity is too low, right? There's too much fresh water. So I think people don't necessarily think of the quantity part too. And that's why your ranch and other you know, large agricultural or wildlife areas are really important. One of the most important uh, features of my ranch is the Tatum sawgrass. Uh, and the rainy seasons are coming up soon. There's a lot of rain that's going to be coming our way. And if I didn't, if this is a very low-lying area, and when the Mayaka River starts flowing full of of, of water, it needs to spread out over a whole uh, uh, sawgrass. And this is when biology just comes alive. You have hundreds, thousands of birds and, and fish and alligators. It's a biological feeding frenzy out there. It's, it's terrific. But the point is to let that water move slowly down through the water systems. Absolutely. So you're so busy. How do you decide what to support? I feel like you say yes to everything. I know it's true. And I think I might even say yes to the opera. <laughs> I know I'm known as an environmentalist, but I really appreciate what Sarasota has grown to develop in their, the cultural um, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love the museums. I love the, the performing arts, the, the opera. And... Some of them want me involved too. <laughs> I have to be careful because I'm enthusiastic about those organizations, um, but I only have so many hours in a day. And I do like to play tennis, and I like to exercise, and have a little free time for myself to you know develop my friendships. And, and so it's it's not easy, but uh, nonetheless, everyone has a responsibility to civic engagement. If you live in a community, you should participate in it. You have your have your voice. So that's important to me. And yeah, yeah, I am busy, no doubt about it. But I guess I'd never have I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly, and you're not only on boards in Sarasota, right? You're also on boards in Massachusetts and Montana too, correct? Yes, um, I've been asked. Uh, to join this uh, board up in Gloucester, Massachusetts. I'm really thinking about it because it has to do with, uh, it's called Gloucester Marine Genomics Institute, and they sequence the, the um, you know, the genomes of a lot of marine animals up, mm-hmm. up there, like the American lobster, and it's a workforce development, and it's just a really great, really great organization. So I'm increasingly interested in that too but i see a lot of links between what i do down here and what i do up up there i'm still on the board of the museum of science in boston great institution venerable institution (laughs) and they they seem to keep me on their board too (laughs) (laughs) well you actually do the work too i do the work yes all right so finally what needs do you see in our rapidly growing city to secure our environmental future it is a rapidly growing city. Um, it's a very exciting time to be in Sarasota. Um, the skyline is changing. Um, so many more people are moving uh, to the city. I have lots of like wonderful new friends. There's uh, um, some major educational environmental institutions that have big capital campaigns and expansions going on right now, like Moat and Selby Gardens and Bay Park Conservancy. Uh, it's very, it's very stimulating, exciting uh, modern city. Uh, nonetheless, the the leadership has to <clears throat> be aware and and 
with uh, uh, that we still want a quality of life. We want our trees. We don't want too much traffic. We want to have good, nice, good water quality. Along when we go to the go to the beaches, or go go out to on the boats and, uh, and recreation. So basically, we need to have strong leadership, but we also need to have civic participation, and that like people have to say what they what they want, and the the leadership should listen. Absolutely. And we shouldn't be on any more lists, the top 10 lists. We just keep having more and more people in here, right? (laughs) All right. Well, thank you to Elizabeth and thanks for listening to The Peel. To get involved with South Face Sarasota, visit southface.org, Sarasota. Until next time, stay sunny.